Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, February 10th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into. Uh, Jay Buck, I do want to start off by just saying um, rest in peace to a great Buckeye, Demetrius Stanley, who passed away yesterday, uh, battled cancer for a while, um, and um, got to know D a little bit when I first started doing radio. Some people might know I do some radio here in Columbus for 97.1. My first in-studio work there was with Demetrius Stanley and Anthony Rothman. Got to know him. Like I said, a great Buckeye filled with life and uh, filled with energy and the human spirit. And uh, he's going to be missed. So rest in peace, Demetrius. Great Buckeye. Gone too soon. All right. Feels a little trite to talk football after that, but we're going to talk some football. Now, the Buckeye defense improved statistically like a lot from 59th in the country, Jay Book, to 14th um, nationally in total defense. But, you know, they didn't really play any good offenses. And then they got torched the last two games. So, the question that we're going to get into is how much can they improve um, in the second year of the Knowles era, especially with James Laurinaitis coming on? Just how much do you think this defense will improve? Can it be a legit top 10 defense? What do you expect from this defense? Yeah, they, I do think it's going to be a top 10 defense. Uh, make no mistake about it. When you look at this year as a whole, this past year, I do believe the defense got a little fat against some offenses that weren't very good. Once they did face some offenses with a pulse, uh, they had their issues. To me, Dave, I, I'm looking at the additions in the secondary, which is going to be critical because if you look at the uh, – if you look at the – um, guys in the secondary that they're bringing in, it's going to fill a lot of holes. So I'm excited to see those guys coming in and helping out with those younger guys in their development. And then if you look at the, the linebackers, I think it's going to be a wash when it comes to the linebackers. Um, I don't know how much, how much more they're going to get as far as their ceiling as Tommy and, and, um, and still, are those guys going to get better? <laughs> I mean, they played pretty darn well last year, and I don't know if they hit their mark yet. So I do think it's going to be a wash when it comes to the linebackers. And the defensive line, Dave, to me, I think the defensive tackles, that's going to be your key. If Ty Leak and Mike Hall can stay healthy, those guys can uh, continue to get stronger in the weight room. I think those guys have the potential to be absolute monsters. I mean, if you look at those guys, the way they're training um, this offseason, I think Ty Lee got up to like 19 miles per hour at one point running. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams uh, or uh, Mike got up there to about 19 as well, Mike Hall. So I just think that 
those guys had the potential to be absolute game wreckers in the Big Ten. Then the question mark, what are we going to get from Jack Sawyer? I know you and I have talked about Jack Sawyer, Dave, uh, numerous times. And, you know, we're a little disappointed that he didn't uh, really take that next step. A lot of people believe it's because he was playing out of position at the Jack. And if he can get his hand in the dirt, he's going to be able to really take that next step. So he's a little behind on his development. So it's critical. Kenyatta Jackson, Amari Obar, those, those younger guys that we didn't see very much this year, can they take that next leap? Because if you don't, it's going to be a problem because offense is going to be able to key on JT. Uh, if they're able to shift their protection towards him, they're going to need somebody who's going to be able to uh, wreck havoc on the other side of the defensive line. What do you think, Dave, as far as the you know production, um, getting better, the the you know Jack Sawyer not really living up to the expectations yet, but a lot of people believe that's because he was playing out of position. What do you think? Yeah, he's got to play a lot better. I don't know if it was just because he was playing out of position because I think you know um, he was out there a lot. He wasn't just playing the Jack. He did some traditional defensive end and just wasn't nearly as disruptive as I would have liked to see. And um, JT Tumalo Al, he showed flashes now. The question I want to ask you, I want to ask, get into the defensive backs in a minute. The, I think they did a great job in the portal. But since we're talking about this, I want to jump ahead. Um, we saw flashes of it with uh, Tui Molo Al. I mean, the Penn State game, it might go down as the best individual defensive performance uh, in Ohio State history. And that's not hyperbole when you look at everything he did. Um, really saved the game for the Buckeyes. Can he emerge as a superstar, though? I mean, can he emerge, not just a guy that can, like, turn it on and have some great games here? Can he be a guy that's, like, in the discussion for, like, national player of the year defensively or at least first team all american something like that he absolutely can dave but it, the, the main thing is he has to be consistent um there were times where he looked like the absolute best defense alignment in america the penn state game and then there were other times where he disappeared where you didn't hear his name called quite a bit so consistency is going to be the big thing i would definitely like to see him develop more of an arsenal in his pass rush, uh, instead of being, you know, just a guy that relies on this athleticism and using the bull rush, can you, you know, get you a rip move, get you a swim move, a spin move uh, to add it to your package? And if he can do that, Dave, you know, there's no there's no telling how good this guy can be because if we all look at the, the history of Ohio State defense alignment when it comes to uh, the Bosa brothers and the Chase Young, and I'm not saying this just to be talking out my butt here, but I truly think that JT is probably the most gifted athlete when it comes to all of those guys that have played a position. Now, all of those guys, I believe, are a little bit more ahead of him when it comes to being polished as a defensive lineman. But as far as freakish athleticism, remember, because he was a heck of a tight end in high school, a guy that also received uh, Division One offers in basketball as well. I think he his athleticism is off the charts, but he just has to bring the consistency and he has to bring uh, another weapon to his game as far as being a disruptor on the defensive line. So, you know, I think another reason you and I are, are bullish um, in the second year, not only is it the second year of the Knowles era, uh, these guys are a year older, some of these young defensive linemen, like we're talking about Tyleek Williams, Mike Hall, you know, JT Tumalo Al, Jack Sawyer, all those guys. And then the young guys coming up, Caden Curry, you mentioned Kenyatta Jackson, Amari Abor, uh, Hero Canoe. All those guys are going to be a year older. It's the second year of the Knowles era. We believe in James Laurinaitis. So all that's good news. And you got Tommy Eichenberg coming back, which is absolutely huge. Um, I don't know where they'd be if he didn't come back. And they, what did they need to do? They needed to beef up that secondary. And I think they did a great job in the portal. 
Um, yeah. get Jihad Carter from Syracuse, and you follow it up by getting Davison Igbenosan, uh, the freshman All-American from Ole Miss at corner. That, to me, is huge. And then you got to think Denzel Burke, hopefully he's going to take that next step as a junior, Jordan Hancock as a junior, Jair Brown as a sophomore, and you add Igbenosan in there, and maybe one or two of the true freshmen um, who are I know we're all high on, James, or, uh, Jermaine Matthews and uh, Calvin Simpson-Hunt can get out there. You don't want to count on true freshmen, though, obviously, but they did a fantastic job getting those two kids in the portal in the defensive backfield. Yeah, it was critical. To me, I think the Ole Miss uh, transfer was the most important one. Mm -hmm. Just having another live body at the cornerback position because the numbers there are scary thin. Uh, so we, we've seen Denzel Burke battle through injuries. We've seen uh, Jordan Hancock obviously battled through injuries since he's arrived at Ohio State. So getting the Ole Miss kid who has the the – he has the bullets been flying in the SEC, meaning that he was being, he was out there live getting actual game reps. You know what you, you're going to get from him, which is a kid who has experience. The freshman, extremely talented, extremely talented. I'm really bullish on those two. I think they're going to make an impact. Um, you never know. Cornerback position is hard to make an impact as a freshman, but we saw Denzel Burke look outstanding. His freshman year came in and, and he really wasn't uh, a true corner in high school. He was a guy that was a two way player, came in and performed extremely well. Jermaine Matthews and, and Hunt, those guys, I think they're coming in a little bit more polished than Denzel was uh, straight out of high school. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Matthews is already on campus and Hunt. He's a kid that won't be there until the summer. So I think he's going to be a little bit behind schedule. But Jermaine Matthews, give me a tough Ohio corner that has that dog in him, Dave. All day, every day, because Ohio State program, when it comes to DBU, it's been on the back of those Ohio uh, corners who have shown that dog in them. And I think that's what you're going to get from Jermaine Matthews. Not that you're biased yourself being a <laughs> defensive back from Ohio, right? But you're Think so about right. It. I mean, just look at it. Look at him. Look at him. Denzel Ward. We can go on and on and on about the great corners that have come from the state of Ohio. Gary and Conley. Gary and Conley. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. You know, and I know Jeff – listen, I'm I'm okay with taking great corners from Texas too, like Jeff Okuda and, you know, Calvin Simpson Hunt. But, like, no. Um, But seriously, though, Jermaine Matthews, I love that kid. You're right. I love that kid. Um, I, I – and maybe – he will be able to step up as a true freshman. I just like to have the other guys. You, you don't want to count on true freshmen, but right. yeah, you're right. There's a chance that he could help. No doubt about it. All right, I want to get into this. We're going to answer some of the questions we have here, but I want to get into this. Okay, so good news yesterday. The foundation, the NIL, NIL collective led by Cardell Jones, Brian Schottenstein, we all know that. The foundation and the O Foundation, which is maybe a, a lesser known collective. That's the one that was started by um O'Shaughnessy and Ron Stokes is the, actually the president of that collective um not that he's not a co-founder but he is the president of the board um so that's great news they're gonna merge that's awesome because everybody's got to be playing on the uh, on the same team here right we all have the same goal the collectives should all be on the same page and not be kind of competing against each other uh we're gonna get into cohesion next but I want to get your thoughts first on that the good news of the foundation and the O foundation coming together I mean, to me, I think it, it it's great news, Dave. I felt like they were kind of overlapping. To be honest, I never really heard anything that the foundation was up to. Um, everything as far as the NIL space when it comes to Ohio State was always the, the foundation and 
the cohesion. I've never heard anything uh, in regards to the O, but if they're able to bring a little bit more professionalism to the NIL collective and have some type of structure and having more bodies, that's the thing with Brian and Cardell. They need help. Um, they can't do this on their own. So if the, the O Foundation is able to merge together, bring their staff alongside those guys and kind of help them, it's a it's a big win. Last night, I know uh, Brian has sent out a message this morning. He had dinner with Ryan Day last night, a lot of those guys. Uh, so just making sure that everybody's on the same page. I believe the cohesion is going to be more involved in all the sports. Um, this merger here is just going to be solely focused on football and basketball, which is at the end of the day, that's your bread and butter winner. So if you're going to be able to get uh, the, fun, the funds to current players, not – uh, upfront payment to high school kids, that's what Ohio State's wanting to do, then I think just having this merger is going to bode well for all parties involved. All right. Now, cohesion. It is very well intended. It's run by very smart, very successful people. They're a little bit more, you know, behind the scenes. But it feels to me, this is just my opinion, Ohio State has the largest athletic department in the country. I mean, I think it's great. You can be, a, be in fencing. You know, the pistol team, that'd be cool, right? You'd be on a full ride scholarship. But yeah. like that to me is enough compensation. You know, if you're on a full ride, not everybody that, that plays the Olympic sports on, is on a full ride. I get that. But let's say you are. Let's say you're on a full ride fencing scholarship. Do you really need to be compensated in addition to that? Aren't you already getting a good deal for a sport that loses money? Here's my point. Cohesion, what they're doing is, let me go back for a second. So the foundation and the O Foundation are completely focused on football mainly and also men's basketball. Okay. Cohesion's trying to do NIL for like all of the sports. And I say this as somebody who loves like tennis, for example, or baseball. I love that Ohio State has the number one ranked men's tennis program in the country right now. But those sports lose money. Football's the engine that allows all of those sports to happen. Football's what we care about the most. Cohesion to me seems like they're spread way too thin. You got 36 varsity sports or whatever it is. They should be focused more on football. And I think they should join forces with the other two. I don't think that's, I don't think the latter's going to happen, but. Get into it. I know that's a lot to unpack, and I just gave my opinion. What's your opinion? Yeah, it's it's actually kind of backwards if you think about it, Dave. How they're how they're structured? Because if you look at Alabama, their main collective uh, that Nick Saban and the athletic director and same at Georgia, their main top collector that the school is backing, that is primarily to make sure that they're taking care of their football players. The cohesion's being backed by Gene Smith and the athletic department to spread the wealth amongst everybody. I will say this on the flip side, though. If you're a wealthy booster, you know, that supports the tennis or the golf or the many other Olympic sports, there should be some type of avenue that you can contribute your funds if you decide to go that route. But at the end of the day, all of these foundations need gene support. Um, there shouldn't be any type of shady business going on that's been speculated amongst the cohesion um, and people around Columbus. So everybody needs to be on board to making sure that the first and foremost, the football team is taken care of. After that, basketball, and there should be a waterfall effect. The other sports, boom, if somebody wants to come in, donate you know, a large chunk of money to the field hockey, women's field hockey, by all means, go ahead and do that. Uh, but yes, you need to be able to make sure that the football team is well taken care of compared to what we're seeing in the SEC. And I'm not saying don't pay, don't be paying kids up front. That's the biggest thing. Um, you know, that you look at the structure that the 
Florida quarterback. They end up at Arizona State. That's right. ridiculous. Kid, right. kid hadn't even played it down in college football. But what I'm talking about is let's get these guys who are on the roster already taken care of. Those second teamers uh, that aren't getting paid. Let's take care of them. Yeah, your starting quarterback's going to get their outside brand deals. Yes, your star defensive end is going to get his deal. But those second teamers like Kenyatta uh, Jackson, who's away from Florida, make sure he's taken care of. Amar Abar, make sure he's taken care of. Uh, Jermaine Matthews, when he comes in the door, make sure he's taken care of so that you can keep your depth and you can keep those guys who decided to put their trust in the university and the football program to one, to develop them, but two, give them the other NIL opportunities that they turned down. So I'm not for you know, paying large sums of cash up front to those kids. But I just want to make sure that those guys that are on the roster are fully taken care of, especially those second and third teamers who really haven't made a name to themselves yet, but has had the opportunity to collect large sums of money, but they decided to come to Ohio State instead to be developed. Yeah, like if you're a guy like Kenyatta Jackson to throw a name out there, that's a guy you need to be taken care of, right? He didn't, he barely played, he was a, one of the top recruits in the country, barely played as a true freshman. Really nice kid, got a chance to meet with him at uh, Peach Bowl Media Day, had a one-on-one -on -one interview with him. This is one of many examples of, I'm sure they're taking, Ohio State's doing a good job of taking care of their current players, so I think that's very good. All right, and uh, allegedly the NCAA is going to crack down on, um, as we talked about on last week's show, allegedly they're going to start cracking down on um, collectives that are paying recruits up front. We'll believe that when we see it, right? All right, let's get into some a uh, couple of questions here. Um, okay, let's get that off of there. All right, so... Eric on YouTube, he says, morning, guys. Do you think G. Scott Jr. is going to be here next year? Just been wondering on that front. He just wants to know if G. Scott Jr. is going to still be around. What do you think, JB? I think he will. Um, and a lot of people don't know that G. Scott, he's, he's, a, he's a heck of an entrepreneur himself. So not only is he, you know, he getting his education paid for at Ohio State, but he's heavily involved in fixing flips in Columbus with him and Trevion Henderson and a couple other guys. So they're working toward, towards building a portfolio of rental houses that they're uh, starting to stack up in Columbus. And he's also a barber. So not only is football, you know, uh, a big deal to him, but he also has other things that he's involved with around the local uh, Columbus community. So I do think that he's going to be a guy that sticks around. He's a heck of a teammate. The guys love him in the locker room. Hopefully he can find his way onto the field this year and get as many reps as possible. Now we have Deech on YouTube. I think he's speaking for all the people here, Jay Book. He's saying he thinks Jay Book needs to be running the NIL collectives for Ohio State. What do you think? I don't I don't need that headache, man. I got too many things going on right now. I don't need the world yelling at me because the last thing they want is for a kid to come at me asking for a million dollars up front. I'll go tell them kick rocks, come and sign with Ohio State, and then you can you can ask for some type of money. But don't ask me up front. Another question let's get to. This is from Jim on YouTube. Barring more injuries. Do we think there are enough carries to go around for five running backs that could start at most schools? Well, I'll let Jay Book answer this, but I will say Evan Pryor's coming off a torn ACL. So that's, it's no, that could be, as we all know from following football, that could be like Adrian Peterson where nothing happens, or it could be one of those things where it lingers and, or it could be right in the middle where it's like nine months, which is what it usually is. So I guess the good news for Evan Pryor's that happened, good news is that it happened in camp. 
So theoretically, he should be fine by June. But we'll see. Hopefully, he doesn't have any setbacks. And I wouldn't say Trainum could start at most schools. I mean, I like him. But all right, get into that. What do you think about the five running backs, Jay Book? If five, if all five guys are healthy. The question is, are there enough carries to go around? And the simple answer is no. There's no way you can have enough carries to go around to keep all of these guys healthy. I truly believe that when when you're playing the running back position, it takes a while for some of those guys to get into a rhythm. If you're only seeing, you know, seven, eight carries amongst your starting running backs, it's going to be very hard for those guys to get into a rhythm and get established in the game. So, no, I do not think there will be enough carries if all five guys are healthy. All right, unfortunately, let's finish the show talking about oh. the men's basketball team. Um, Dave, why you got to finish it on a bad note, man? Okay, we'll finish it on a good note. We'll, we'll talk about – okay, we'll, we'll do, make sure we do something else. We'll, do, we'll make sure we do something else. But <laughs> Basketball you know, team is depressing right now. So here's – this is from Sean on Facebook, but I, this is, we've had a lot of questions about this. He says, lost to a bad Northwestern team in basketball. How is Holtman still on the team? Well – He's still on the team because he's the head coach, and there's 20 million reasons why they will not get rid of him after this year, even though they, they should. Gene signed him to an extension last year. I don't know why. He had three, yeah. years, three years left on his contract. Two years after this one, still would have had left after this one. Had three years left at the time. Signed him to a four-year extension. I don't know why. Was he a hot commodity from what? Never winning a championship and never getting to a Sweet 16? I can't imagine he was. It sounds like – Holtman's agent pulled a fast one there and hey good job by the agent I guess but they're not going to buy out 20 million dollars for Chris Holtman so he's going to come back next year but the basketball team is a complete travesty they're now one in 10 in their last 11 games they're 11 and 13 overall they have no chance of making the NCAA tournament there's no way they're going to win the Big Ten tournament they're awful they're completely awful they're in 13th place in the Big Ten um I'm getting a little angry just talking about it, Jay. Do you want to move on or is there anything you want to say? I was just going to say, the ba- just talking about Ohio State basketball is depressing. I mean, they're they're not getting better. They're taking steps backwards. Uh, and we've heard the excuse after excuse after excuse every year on why they're not a, a, a legit contender. And you mentioned you hit the head on the – you hit the nail right on the head. There's no reason why Gene Smith should have extended him. Um, you know, like you said, three years left. Now the athletic department is having to borrow money from the university because they're screaming that they're broke. Uh, with that being said, you're looking at a monster TV deal. The reason that they're overextended is because they're having to fund so many sports. It didn't make sense to even give him an extension when you really didn't have the funds. Um, and, and now you're stuck. You can't do anything. You got a guy who has clearly lost the team. They're taking major steps back. They may not even make the NIT at that. Right. I mean, I don't, like, what's the tournament after the NIT? Like, it's, some called the C, it's called like the CBI, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they embar- make. They may get in. That. Yeah. They may get in that and uh, get in a little tournament with a bunch of Division two, II, Division three teams in that little bracket there. But it, yeah, it's it's just sad state of affairs when it comes to the basketball program. All right, I don't know if this is a good topic. We'll at least end on a football topic, so it's not basketball, so that's good. All right, so question from Buckeye80 on YouTube. Do we think player development and strength and conditioning needs to get better at Ohio State? Curious to get your take on that. Mickey Marotti's known as one of the best in the country, you know, but has he lost a little bit of his spark? Where, where do you come down on that, Jay Book? 
You can always get better. Um, science is changing. Sports science is changing. They're constantly incorporating new ideas, learning new things about the player development in the player body. The question is, is will Coach Mick change with the times? A lot of people that I've talked to believe that Coach Mick is more of your Rocky uh, Balboa type of strength <laughs> conditioning coach. He's a guy that will put you in the freezer and have you punching, you know, <laughs> meat that's hung, yeah, steaks that's hung up instead of, you know, more of the sports science approach. I know some people say that they do some sports science at Ohio State, but not as much as what you see in the SEC. So if you're just asking me theoretically, yes, they can get better. They should always go back and review why do we have so many injuries? Was it something that we did? in our strength and conditioning program that may have put these guys at an elevated risk? What can we do to help limit the, the amount of injuries and just continue to build flexibility? Because um, I feel like sometimes, Dave, a lot of guys get so big that they lose a lot of their top-end speed and flexibility. We saw it with Jack Sawyer this year. I feel like this kid needs to go sit in a hot yoga class and stretch out for all offseason to work on getting a little looser in the hips. But Yes, let those guys continue to develop. And if you're not developing and you're not progressing and you're not opening your mind to change, then you're falling behind. And if you're not listening to J-Book every Friday on the Bucknuts Morning 5, you're also falling behind. Great stuff as always from J-Book. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you to all of the listeners and viewers. Appreciate you guys very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. (laughs) 